What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Swell Season Podcast is recorded by the newsstand studio at Rockefeller Center in the heart of Manhattan and is distributed by the Swell Season Surf Radio Network. Stuck a pin in your backbone, spoke you down from there. Hello and welcome to the Swell Season Surf Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Brewer. North of Nowhere is a book 30 years in the making. Mike Nelson, the godfather of New York surf photography, has been documenting almost every swell since 1991, when his mother bought him a Minolta Weathermatic waterproof 35mm film camera. Whenever there was a swell, Mike was on it. Neither rain, nor sleet, nor snow could keep him from photographing some of the best sessions in New York surf history. North and Nowhere is a collection of images documenting New York and the Northeast surfing scene. It's nostalgic, but also eye-opening look at the evolution of this once backwater surf scene. From the Lido surf and sport rain, to Ryan Carlson's Martin Potter-like impact on the local surfing performances, to tragedies such as 9-11 and Hurricane Sandy, and the incredible peak moments and long past swells. It was edited and co-written by former editor of Eastern Surf Magazine, Matt Pruitt, a fitting partner to the making of this book. The two have created a time capsule of a special era and is a perfect documentary on New York surfing. We were lucky enough to have Mike Nelson, Matt Pruitt, and local legend Balaram Stack on hand at Pilgrim Surf and Supply in Brooklyn to discuss the book, 
the influences, and the impact that these photos have had on our community. It was recorded in front of a live audience, and for anyone who calls himself a New York local, you don't want to miss out on this conversation. Plus, if you surf here, you should definitely buy a book. It's beautiful, it's stunning, it's thick, it's a wonderful book to have, so I encourage everyone to go out and get one. I uh, gotta give a special thanks to Chris Gentile and the Pilgrim crew for hosting us. It was such a blast, and we hope you all enjoy this episode. Uh, definitely go check out North and Nowhere online and try to find a copy of the book. It'll be in your local surf shops. And uh, yeah, we'll check you on down the line soon. Enjoy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, you know what I was saying to someone, Mike, just before I was saying how I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but Mike Matchmer and I, I was in high school, and we were going to do a New York surf zine, I think, and this was like early 90s, like maybe like 95, and I remember like sitting with you and, and Larry Herrick, and we like interviewed you, actually. I wish I still had the tapes of that. Uh, it was pretty fucking hilarious, but like, it was always like, you were always like, the guy though i think you know it was like kind of cool i don't know if you remember that <laughs> I, I don't know back back then 95 i definitely wasn't the guy but um, <laughs> you know i don't know i guess i was just kind of yeah I, I was one of the boys i guess you could say <laughs> that's probably the easiest thing to say so, so i think i think we should start with really like how did you get into photography like i i, I haven't had a chance to read the book yet because i just got it but I, I did see something briefly about you attributing it partially to your mother. And I was hoping you can kind of talk a little bit about how you got into photography and surf photography in general. Yeah, so I guess basically how it kind of started was, um, so my mother gave me a camera uh, mm -hmm. for a birthday, put me on the spot, I don't remember exactly what year or whatever, but, um, but anyway, it was like a crappy little waterproof Minolta camera yeah. or something like that, like something I would never buy these days, but now that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but she gave that to me and I ended up just, you know, sur I was, you know, super into surfing and kind of like, you know, at that spot in your life when you're how, like how super old? Like what age? You think? Uh, it was like 90, I think it was 91 yeah. that she gave it to me. So, you don't so wanna, I just you bring don't it to the date beach. Yourself I don't want to you. date myself, but <laughs> I was, I was old enough to have a camera. Yeah. Put it that way. <laughs> um, and uh, so she gave it to me, and I ended up bringing it to the beach and um, wouldn't necessarily go to the beach to take pictures, but I would go to the beach and surf. And then I would kind of get out, 
and grab the camera, or I'd paddle out with the camera around my neck, and I had like a little friggin' like shoestring, whatever, holding it on. And I paddle out, and then I would, you know, one of my friends would take off, and I'd just kind of take a picture, and I would have like the standard picture, like when you're kind of first <laughs> learning about surf photography, and it's like the guy, and he's the size of like one centimeter, eight miles away. <laughs> so, uh, so started with some of that, and then kind of, you know, from there, just all of a sudden, I, you know, I got really good feedback. So I'd get a picture of Dave or you or yeah. whoever, and, you know, everyone was like super excited to see the picture. So it kind of like lit a little bit of a fire under me and um, kind of just progressed from there. I was kind of like, I got addicted to it. So um, onward it, and upward. And you were all self-taught. Is that correct? Yeah. Did you take any classes? No, None. Nothing, ever. No. Wow. So. And this is pre-internet, so you couldn't just look up anything online. No. Like, how? what was that process like then? I mean, because one, we're working with film when you're starting out, too, which isn't yep. cheap. Yep. <laughs> and it takes days to get the results to <laughs> figure out what you most likely did wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, honestly, it was just self-taught. So I just kind of, I would go out and shoot and then see how bad my photos were. And then I'd go home and I'd... Not that I'm like, I'm not the kind of guy that like analyzes it and I'm like, oh my God, I did, I got to do this and that. But I am like, when I see a swell coming and I, ha I have a kind of like a mental picture of what I want the image to look like, mm -hmm. even if the day isn't even remotely like that, I'm like, I want this image, but I'll, I'll like kind of like just go after it and try to try to get it as best I can, you know, with the little knowledge I have. But, uh, you know, over the years you build on the experiences and you know, you kind of figure it out how to do what you want, so. But I mean, like, you're also then, you're buying new cameras, and you're having to learn how to use the new cameras, and like, you're learning f-stops, and all these little things. Were there any photographers along the way that, that helped you, or gave you feedback, uh, you know, or any anything that, like, helped progress you along? Yeah, so, uh, well, in the beginning... Besides reading the direction manual. Right. <laughs> in the beginning, though, it was kind of like, for many, many years, it was kind of like just literally me on my own, and then kind of like, as the internet was kind of new, mm -hmm. I was able, not necessarily that I was going on photography sites, because I wasn't back then, I was more going on like, uh, like B&H and camera sites, mm -hmm. and like, just like researching specs about cameras, and kind of like trying to apply it to what I do. Right. But then shortly after kind of like that and everything, um, you know, Eastern Surf was probably the biggest kind of momentum, you know, thing for me as far as to get me going. So um, just my relationship with everybody down there, including Dick Meserol, who was probably, if, if I'm going to say I ever had a mentor, it was, it was probably him. Mm -hmm. He was the photo editor down there. And then everybody on the staff, including Matt, who wrote the book, uh, Tom Dugan, um, and then everybody else, you know, along the way, there's some people kind of mixed in there. But, um, but yeah, I felt like for me, I felt like a kind of part of a family. You know, it was never like, hey, you know, we're we're family or anything yeah. like that. But, uh, but yeah, it was just such a cool, tight knit thing that everyone was kind of like, uh, you know, it was just, it just pushed me to be like, I, I wanted my goal when I started shooting, or once I kind of really kind of got it started to get figured out, and Mez would give me input. I wanted to cover a year for Eastern Surf. That was my personal goal. I didn't have him, but <laughs> I ended up getting a few covers, but, <laughs> but uh, I got some. It's interesting because like you, your career in, in surf photography kind of dovetails with, with Eastern Surf. Like it's fascinating. Like the year you start taking photography is also the year that Eastern Surf started. And I, I can't help but think how influential both of you were on each other in many ways. 
Uh, they're looking for, they're hungry for content from the Northeast, particularly New York, which didn't have a whole lot. And you coming up and learning, like it's, it's kind of serendipitous almost, right? Yeah. Like it's fascinating to watch those two things kind of grow together almost. Yeah. I mean, it was an incredible thing. Like, oh, like owning the surf shop, I got to see firsthand. I mean, being a photographer, it was like amazing to like, mm -hmm. you know, send some photos in and actually see them get run where yeah, I'd send them to surfer or surfing and in trans world and never get anything run for the most part, um, especially in the early years, but years in surf getting like immediate feedback, like even some good, some bad, Yeah, but probably always getting a photo. And then, above and beyond that like waiting for the mag to come into the store and then you know seeing everybody come in and being like <laughs> like running yes. to it and like flipping through it and like <laughs> where's my shot where's this or who's this i know that you know so it's like it definitely was it it was just something that kind of like really would made it definitely helped the scene on the east coast it's fascinating because like i always would look at eastern surf after a certain swell and there'd be someone taking photos on the beach you or someone and i'd be like i wonder if i'm going to be in it. and that was part of the allure of eastern surf i think was the fact that anyone could be in it almost you didn't have to be a professional surfer to be in that magazine which was the beauty of it and and you know unfortunately like social media has kind of taken that up in some ways but it's really I, I think that was one of the, the most beautiful parts about Eastern Surf is like you could be in it. You could strive or want it, you know, really try to be in it. And like, because all the local photographers would be contributing to that. And yeah. I'd always go right to the Northeast section and try to read like. The blog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting also you mentioned like that uh, you got instantaneous feedback almost. Yep. Um, that was one thing I also recognized with Eastern Surf. So, Matt, I don't know maybe if you remember, but you were editing there, and I was in college at the time, and I think I wrote you, like, some sample stuff and got feedback from you right away. It was kind of amazing, actually. I never followed it up, though. I was really awful. <laughs> I was giving you feedback. I was in my 20s. I was yeah. nobody to give <laughs> anybody feedback back then. Uh, first off, thanks for summoning me to the greatest city on earth. No, thank you for being Lauren here. Lauren and I have been just eating our way through New York, having a killer time. First stop was Geno's, right? That's right. <laughs> right. Geno's and Long Beach. Started with Geno's, and yep. Uh, we also got our Greek on, and we got yes. our uh, our kosher deli on. Yeah, we we we. We made the list. Lobster roll, <laughs> everything. Um, yeah, uh, Eastern Surf. We talking about the ESM yeah, days. Yeah. That, that 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 was it, man. We were, you know, we were the kind of the farm team, um, you know, for writers, photographers before they moved on to the big mags. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you know that I think that uh, the time that Nelly started, the time that ESM started, it just was like a perfect storm where the rest of the world started caring about the East Coast because Kelly and Lisa were winning their world titles. And, um, you know, Tom and Dugan and Dick Meserol, they had, ha they had, you know, were staff photographers for Surfer and Surfing um, before starting their own thing. And, and yeah, we always did kind of have that, uh, you know, little, you know, bitter kind of like... Chip you know, on our shoulders. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> and I think that... Um, but, you know, you, you, you work in a... You know, you work in a kind of a sub-niche atmosphere for so long, mm -hmm. and, and you really start to feel a part of it. So, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, our army over the years moved on to bigger and better things, and uh, some of us just 
we're so entrenched to the East Coast. We we started believing our own bullshit, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, fuck those. We don't need those guys, we you know. We're gonna Coast. do it ourselves. <laughs> and honestly, um, um, Nelly and I, you know, w- when he approached me about doing this book, you know, that was I think the first question I had for him. I'm like, it's just we're just gonna do it ourselves, right? We're not gonna be influenced by any kind of publishers or anybody mm-hmm. in my grill. And um, man, I gotta tell you. The easiest, most seamless, most fun collaboration I've ever done with anybody on yeah. any project ever. Wow. I mean, it was he he did everything I told him to do. <laughs> and I'm sorry, <laughs> cutting his buddies out of the book because he was just he's barrel dodging and it's kind of like nose above tail on the air shots. I'm like, no, there will be no double grabs in our book. That no double grabs. Um, and also, wow. you know, Nelly's a very humble, direct, soft-spoken guy. So I knew, you know extracting interviews out of this guy was going to be freaking hard yeah um i probably wouldn't have been able to do it if i wasn't didn't have so much familiarity with nelly i've been working with him for 25 years and mm-hmm. yeah absolutely his trajectory was very much parallel with esms and it was just i i think you know originally nelly had had the idea you know i'm just gonna have some i'm gonna have a bunch of photos and some words and i'm right. like well number one Anyone who's built a magazine knows captions are a friggin' nightmare. <laughs> and, and neither one of us it's is one of the hardest designers. parts of doing a magazine, I think. Yeah. Captions. <laughs> well, writing them's easy. I just write whatever the fuck I want. But design, well, neither one of us is designers, yeah. you know. And, um, but I know that Nelly is, uh, you know, and there have been a number of people over the years that have approached me about doing this podcast or they want to make a movie or they're going to do a book. And most of them are full of shit. Um, just, and, and, and even even those who are serious about it, they they're kind of too busy living the dream mm-hmm. to really commit hard to a project. And anyone who knows Nelly, it's like everything the guy touches turns to gold. I mean, the Unsound Pro <laughs> turns into the Quick Pro. Like serious. Battle Ram Stack turns into Mr. Choker. Right? You know, like. <laughs> and um, so I knew from the start, having covered a lot of Nelly's. Uh, work over the years with ESM I'm like there's a there's a bigger story here this is a this is an era yes that, that's really what the book is because Nelly didn't want to tell his life story I was like don't worry about it we're not going to talk about you know your, your first DUI or your, your <laughs> wife your kids or any of this stuff that like I, I it's it's all and, and when I made that clear I wanted to you know like this is this right. is a bigger story this is things that need to mention we need to talk about 9-11 we need to talk about Sandy we need to talk about Ryan Carlson mm-hmm. which you know just to get off on a little yeah. tangent there, Ryan Carlson, that was akin to Potts going to San Clemente in the Absolutely. 80s with influencing Archie and Christian comparison. Fletcher. He changed everything. And and it was also kind of the company he served for and, and, and then the shop coming together. And the summer of 95 is yeah. when he really went professional. And it's also when I just started you know, Easter. surf riding. Yeah. I was doing my thing in the Outer Banks. Um, but what Nelly's photography did for us is we couldn't in good faith be the voice of east coast surfing and deny three quarters of the coast just because we weren't getting any photos Mm -hmm. nelly changed all that it's it's interesting so let's let's first like talk about like this this book um first about fucking time mike you know like serious like this is some 30 years too long (laughs) well it's a long time coming i think it's definitely a long time coming, this, this book, and you producing this, because you have now, this is, like you said, over three decades of surf photography where you've been 
on almost every swell. Like, honestly, like, I don't think you've missed. Uh, you could probably count on one hand the There's number of swells. Very few. And back, this was a thing we talked about, I talked about with Matt, is there was, there was a time, a long period of time, like 20 years of my life, where I was pissed if I missed anything at home. Like, like me, Balaram just arrived with us. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> the, king, the, the king. So there was, there was a time when me, him, and a couple other groms in Long Beach, like literally, it was like knee high, and we were, we were shooting every single day. Like, at, like it was... There's, there was no point to be shooting those days. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the cover, yeah, Matt's cover pointing there, out that the cover uh, was basically <laughs> on a flat day. That's so normal, but though. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was what you do, you know? Like, I, I look back at it now, and, like, for there to be that small or whatever and still trying to get some work done, it's like it, it just felt like what you're supposed you're to do. You're supposed to you do, had some, You had some bit of wave or whatever. Well, there's, there's something to be said about the work ethic. You know that I think you both of you have had. Like I imagine, yeah. One, well, well, let me cut you off. Yeah, let's, let's just right there. It, it's not work. You know what I mean? Yeah, this yeah. is like yeah. this is all I want to do. You know, like yeah. I don't really. Every some people want to golf. Some people I want to swim around with a camera. It's stupid, <laughs> but you know that's what I want to do. Would you say borderline's compulsion? Um, I don't think I'm like an obsessive compulsive guy, but I'm like <laughs> it's. That's just I really I don't know why I get off on it. I just get <laughs> off on it. And yeah, like when it's when it's scary, I kinda even get off on it a little bit more. You know, it's like it, it's it's really <laughs> the only time that honestly all the noise goes away in my life. Like then when I'm out there and I'm like kind of in survival mode, it, uh, I'm I feel free. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Right, maybe that's this guy too. This guy no, <laughs> this yeah, guy takes it to all the same level. principle of meditative a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, Bal <laughs> is 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 in the Zen moment quite a bit, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely understand that feeling though. And even even just related to home though, like I'm still coming home from Hawaii to get a swell because if I miss that it's like Damn, that's the one I'm gonna miss for the whole winter right there. I'm not yeah. fucking waiting a whole nother winter for that. You boys know, don't like care what you did all year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone knows the ones he missed. I just feel like there is a certain work ethic, though, right? Like there's, you, like you said, it doesn't feel like work, but it's still like, fuck. I love to surf, but I'm not on every swell. I have other things going on that I let get in the way. But for you guys, like this is you know, a bit of a career for you, Bob. This is your job. And I imagine a lot of photographers who work with you probably are probably really impressed with your work ethic. And I, I can't help but draw the correlation to you, Mike. And I'm curious about, like, how much of an influence Mike has had on your career. I mean, yeah, I mean, every bit of it is uh, influenced by him because he's the first guy that I was ever introduced to shooting a photo or trying to get some work done in any form really so it was sick to to have it so young and and just have the base of it being getting waves because it just felt normal immediately and that's all I wanted to do forever after that I gotta I gotta ask like Mike when did you first meet Ball and what what did you notice about him uh, when you first met him so he was Ball was nine. I met him at a now defunct surf spot. Am I allowed to name it now since no. it doesn't exist? Biscuits. Well, I can't, I we still call can't, it Biscuits. I, it doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's called still, Biscuits, right? It's, still, it's Biscuits, exactly. <laughs> so 
and he was nine. Yeah. And then, so so apparently, I just learned this kind of in this process. I think we talked about it a little while ago, or someone somehow it came up. But apparently, he came into the shop with his mom, and I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. But then, we were at biscuits, quote mm-hmm. unquote, um, and I was just taking pictures, like just, and this is back early, so I was taking bad pictures, and you know, I have this this kid was like going. Waves are only like chest high, but they're like this. This spot in particular was basically like shore break, and it was very, very uh, steep and yeah. hollow and whatever. But he's like two feet tall, and he is going <laughs> square up off the bottom, and then going straight up into the lip, and like fins out, like airs, pretty much falling every time. But like you could just see the mechanics were like mm-hmm. just this. I'm like, yo, that kid's the kid. So all of a sudden, I was like, after that, and then he came to the shop and started hanging out in the shop a little bit. It was like literally every swell, this kid's in my car. And then, you know, TJ Gamella, a couple other kids, like literally it's like every swell, it was like me and just grabbing the groms and we're just going like, you know, we're just going after it and, and getting it done. Did did his mom, Mary, know like, well, I'm sure she was pretty supportive, very supportive of this, but like, did she know like what sort of trajectory this could mean for her son? Do you know? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that would be a question for her. I, I, no, that, that, you know, that, that didn't come. That was never a thought until we met you guys. Like until we met the surf shop. Like that was <laughs> so far into us. You know, like I, we didn't have no idea that was even a possibility. And wow. All of a sudden, Unsound's there, and Unsound's with other companies that are coming in, bringing pros, and showing us what that reality is. And yeah. <laughs> She she just yeah, wanted the yeah, she just wanted reality. some alone time she, so no, she, she wanted the free babysitting at Unsound yeah, Offer back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unsound daycare. Come on. That's it. I mean, I spent enough hours. We got to send those bills out. I, was, I spent endless hours there. I, br- I broke my ankle one summer and spent more time than all the employees probably there combined. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> Now, for you, Bell, what was that like, that moment meeting Mike? Like, were you, did you know who he was and and were aware of, like, his photography and everything that he did? Or were you just kind of like, oh, here's this cool older guy. He can give me free lifts to go go surfing. Uh, well, one, once I started, like, uh, hanging with Mike and hanging at the shop and stuff, it kind of, like, I learned a lot more about the surf industry and the surf world, you know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of uh, it uh, opened my mind to that, you know. And that and I, I didn't. It kind of just like fell into place because we had already been. We're, okay, all we want to do is get good waves, right? And, and being on the East Coast, it's 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 really important that you're there for the for the one swell a month that happens, if that. <laughs> so that initially was just the normality of it, and that became like the mo, and then. It just, I don't know, it all felt so normal. It wasn't like, a, it wasn't like okay, we're going to go start doing work and we're going to go try and get this shot somewhere. Mm-hmm. It was more like, we just want to get waves and if we get a photo of it, it's cool. You know, like, for yeah, no. it was just like, oh, okay, this is, this is, uh, this is the goal, but like, I, I don't know, it wasn't ever, it was never like, this is the career, the right. path, you know, like, we just wanted to do it, I guess. So, I'm going to pull back here for a sec, and I want to talk first, like, what what provoked you, Mike, to get this book going? And then how did you... Thank God he did. I, because I know. <laughs> I was just saying, I said you missed yeah, his photos like, have been here <laughs> forever. And, 
<laughs> I know. Like no, yeah, <laughs> not even. A lot of these things have been sitting on hard drives for 20 years. Yes. Like, not even seen the light of day. He couldn't even find adapters for the plugs, I bet, for the hard drives, yeah, right? For real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I'm about the slides and all that. I you had know. to go through slides and. Damn. It's like, crazy. So I, I'm yeah. curious, like, one, like, what got you motivated for this? Um, two, how did you connect with Matt here? Uh, and, and then three, the process of putting this book together, I guess. And, I, and I'm sure it'll be between you and Matt here, like, with that process. I'm curious. Yeah. So, so okay, I don't know. I just kind of had a thought of uh, the number one thing is, so I had my first photo published in 92 yeah. in Eastern Surf, 30 years ago. So I figured it's kind of fitting to do it now. Mm -hmm. I had this thought last year. So basically, the book is roughly about a year in the process uh, between when I first started culling through the files, which was a monumental task <laughs> because I am like, so I'm really into taking photos but I'm not into <laughs> editing photos. So I'll, first off, a lot of the photos you see in the book, they're, they're, I don't edit. So it's yeah. like, if it's not a good photo, that's like, maybe there's a little sharpening and this and that. You kind of got to do with the digital stuff these days, but that's how they look raw. Like, yeah. that's it. So if they don't look no like that. No color correction whatsoever. Nothing. No. Yeah. A little bit, I had to do a little bit of brightening and everything because yeah. of printing. I'd learned a lot about printing a book, but but in general, that's, that's it. So that said, like, I've taken... My calculation is, because I didn't count them, but looking at all the hard drive storage and the average file size and everything, it's like well over a million surf photos. <laughs> so now let, turn... Let that sink in, people. Imagine turn, how you go through a million photos. Go from a, mil go from a million <laughs> to 300, and then tell me how to narrow that down. So that's, a that was... A lot of collages. <laughs> so, you uh, wearing glasses now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of, I guess. But um, so yeah, so when I had the thought about doing it, and then... Um, just started culling through the files and everything. So I started editing a little bit, and then I was like, all right, so I know I'm, I can't write, and I can barely write an email. Like, I can, <laughs> I get the process, but I misspell every other word. I'm horrible. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, so the only person I would want to do this book for, with is Matt Pruitt. So yeah. I'm going to call Matt, and if Matt says yes, then I'm doing the book. If Matt says no, wow. this book won't exist. So that was in my head. I didn't tell that to anybody that was in my head. So I call up Matt, and, like, the first conversation, I think, was, I don't know if I, like, I don't know, he might not recall this the same way, but to me, was kind of like, he was vague. <laughs> so I was like, and my original pitch was to him. I'm like, the only thing I, w the only thing I want was. What's my cut? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was just like, I, you know, I just don't want this. It's a book about my photography, but I don't want it to be about me because right. I don't, you know what? It's like, what? who am I? Like, I'm just, I press a button. It's like no big deal. I want it to be about the guys in the photos and maybe you, I, I pretty much pitched him a task that was basically impossible. And I think that's why he was vague. <laughs> I basically pitched him to go out and interview everybody in the book. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, I guess I didn't know this. I learned this after the fact that he's like, yo, he's like, you can't do a story and have 82 people tell it. If you want to yeah. tell a story, you got to have few people tell it. So. So we ended up, like, I gave him some stuff and this and that and then kind of roped him into it. So with that, I would segue into Matt. The process it was him. I gave him a horrible first draft, and he, <laughs> he turned it into something that I'm, I'm somewhat proud of. So, so, so Matt, what <coughs> your reaction to it, like, Nelly comes to you and is like, I want to do this book. I knew exactly how to do it right off the bat. 
Wow. I mean, uh, I, I don't mean to sound no, no, cocky, no. but this is my <laughs> shit, man. I can, I write, I write, I wrote a rap for my girlfriend's birthday, like in five minutes. Like I can write anything, you know. I'm not that smart. Dude. I'm not that, that bright. Let I want to hear get, that rap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that bright. It's just, but years of putting together magazines and websites and the occasional book, and many times having Nelly's uh, photography anchoring the editorial direction or whatever yeah. feature we were working on. I knew him. I knew this his his the direction. I knew what he and but to rest to rest him at ease a little bit because he didn't want it to be this, you know, this is my life, check me out. Like it it was we made it clear that the photos are the rock stars. That yeah. this is all about the photography. It's not about the surfers. It's not about unsound. It's not even about you. Uh, and it's definitely not about me. It's about the photography. So after we, I, I think to show him I was serious and that I could do exactly what he, you know, he envisioned I could do, I sent him a rough table of contents saying, this is how we're going to break up the story of this era in New York, New Jersey, East Coast mm -hmm. surf culture. You know, and, then, and there were some things that we had to cover. Some chapters are going to be thinner than others. But if you have this skeleton, you know, you, you can't make sandwich without bread yeah. you know you just have a big sloppy mess there has to be an arc and we also need to make sure that it's done so that the voice is in Nelly's yeah. so I by doing that you have to pull a lot of things out of them and then ask them to expand on things certain later you know let's talk a little more about this but there were some parts of it where I'd ask him a question you know about unsound's beginnings he's like oh my god he was, I think he was scared that oh this is treading into the waters of telling my life story right. and uh, and, and branding it, and I don't want to do that. It just feels ugly and gross. And but there were other times, you know, talking about you know what impact has uh, New Jersey had on you as a photographer, and mm -hmm. as and then he just, just started spilling out. I mean, believe me, the writing was still shit, <laughs> but but the narrative was yeah. there, and it was yeah. linear enough where I'm like, okay, do that. You can work with that twelve times, yeah. and we'll be fine. Um, and also, there was other other things that, you know, I knew that we could extract just from research of, of stuff yeah. I had done, just stuff that I knew that maybe he had forgotten. Well, you had a lot of stuff that you had covered on him. You know, oh a lot of my god, man! I mean, go Nelly single-handedly changed um, a lot of ESM's editorial direction. Uh, at one point, uh, a big franchise that we had was East Coasters in Hawaii. It was yeah. our big thing, the East Coasters in Hawaii issue. And then after a few years, and it was just like, fuck, it's the same guys going. The same, you know, you got your same Sam Hammer, Frank Wall, Same right? stories. Kelly you know. Slater, you know, you, you know, outsourcing photographers, you know. Mm -hmm. so, and it just kind of got tired. But because of Nelly's stuff, all of a sudden we cha changed that whole thing to East Coast Winter Surf. And mm -hmm. we're like, now this is something that speaks for half the coast you know underground guys like anybody that's in fucking gloves and hoods and booties is you know it opens it up but um and i talk about this in a book you know the big challenge with doing any kind of media on the east coast is east coast beach break and beach break in general looks yeah. like shit from <laughs> the, the land you know especially east coast beach break it just it, 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 it you have to have some kind of angle um, Mickey McCarthy was great at doing the pier angles, for yeah. example. Um, you got to have some altitude. You got to be swimming because um, you got to be able to see that compression mm -hmm. and the way the water is dredging out. Otherwise, it just looks like a chest high, freaking crappy A frame. Yeah. So once Nelly was able to bring that kind of um, 
you know, that water photography that was in showing your face style. The, uh, yeah. offshore blown yeah. out the bat because I was looking at I've always looked at this stuff as uh, a Billy Watts or a Pete Terrace or a Jimmy Wilson or mm -hmm. a, you know a Jeff Devine yeah. you know there's a reason why the West Coasters have poo pooed East Coast media for so long because a lot of times it just wasn't done right mm -hmm. so and you know you gotta you gotta work with what you got once Nelly started shooting this shit opened up a whole new world and i'm not going to be one to say that he's the best but i can say with absolute certainty that he's the first and right. only one guy's the first yeah um but then what nelly also did is he in inspired more of you know seth stafford could have been anywhere all of a yeah. sudden he's shooting wintertime in new jersey you know mm -hmm. what i mean dj strunts I mean, on down the chain, Matt, Brian Nevins, Matt Lusk, all these water photographers yeah. were, plus wetsuits got a lot better, yeah. equipment got a lot better, but these guys who were already world-class shooters were all of a sudden staying home a little, just a little more, and that was great. That was great for everybody. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, like, to see, like, Cold Shot Challenge now, and you see how many photographers there are, and the level of photography, and... I really do attribute most of it to you. I mean, who else was there, I mean, doing these shots? I mean, Matt, can you think of anyone else in New York, New Jersey? Obviously, you know, and, and this, was, this was a hard one. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to go on record here saying this is the pioneer of, you know, extreme cold Winter. water photography. Totally. But I couldn't say that in, in good faith, but Dick Meseroff sure as shit can. Yeah. And, you know, and anybody <laughs> who, would, who would argue that somebody was doing it before Nelly in California, I'd argue... California doesn't get cold. No, exactly. Straight up, exactly. Washington State doesn't get as cold as New York. No, and not and not to mention trying to do that in five mil lobster claws, in like built in ninety seven. Yeah, like the more, the more I think about it, the more or like the more I started like looking at old shots. I'm like, damn, that shit was freezing, and you had to go do thirty five shots and go figure it out again, and yeah. maybe. Get another thirty-five. Like you, you would have to like, like one shot a roll, man. Because and you're shooting film, you would have to go in the water, swim in. Thirty-six. That you know when you were out of film, and then go in, go to your car, switch the film, and go swim back out. Yeah. Like that's it's crazy. And like wetsuit wise, we were, you know, I mean, I had like an O'Neill Pyro, I remember. And I mean, if I were to take that out now, that thing would be like stiff. The chest oh. zip went, the shoulder zip. It wasn't even a chest zip. It was a shoulder to shoulder zip. Yeah. It's crazy, like how it, the equipment is. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, doing the film change thing sucked because the, the one thing that people don't think about. So, so you have a water housing, and it needs yeah. to be dry inside. If it's not dry inside, you immediately get fogged up. Like it just oh, every shit. time, winter, summer, it doesn't really matter. If you take off a five mil wetsuit glove and you have a five mil suit on, and then you're unscrewing your housing, you're, yo, the water leaks out of your arm. Yeah. Yo, it could be for like a half hour, like yeah. a half, like no joke, for like a half hour. There's, there's probably I could. One out of like ten times, I could get that housing closed up dry. Wow! Other times it would be some kind of water in there, and I go out and it'd be foggy. I lose just, it just was never. It didn't work. Yeah, but like, there was nothing more. But so I, that's what normal, I had to do. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's what you had exactly. to do. <laughs> I mean, what what sort of technique would you employ? Like you'd go. I mean, right, this I is like let's talk even with like snow <laughs> too. You got <laughs> snow going, wind yeah. on the outside. Like yeah. visibility. Did you? Did how how kitted out was your car? 
for this. I just had a regular old car, so it wasn't even kid out. Like, like no, no, never had, never did the van thing. I should have, but <laughs> you know, should have learned that. I, I gotta ask, like, how good a shape of you were you in as well? I, I don't train. I've you been don't lucky, train. And no, I don't do any training. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I've been, I've been swimming since I'm little. Yeah. So I've been a somewhat gifted. Swimmer, I not gifted, but one like of those guys I can that swim. Shows up to Leo and gets but I so yeah, I had a. I had a. And I think I think if if Nelly wasn't a hardcore surfer at heart, yeah. he would have quit shooting photos long, totally. long ago. And totally. that's what this thing that's like. We're all. I mean. He's in the prime of his career, but like yeah. we're older guys and we're still attached to the surfing thing. There's nothing cooler. Yeah. We've we've, we've thought about it. I, I don't I don't fish. I don't do, I don't do anything. Like I don't even party anymore, man. If I didn't have surfing, like I seriously I, I don't know. I'd have to ask Lauren like what I should do in my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're so committed. Surfer, we're ne- so in it now. There's no turning back. Yeah. Right? Nelly is not. A, he's he's not a coop, bro. No. <laughs> I had someone ask me the other day about like the training thing. They were uh, like, "Hey, you train this and that?" Like, this, he he was luck blessed. He was like a fan and whatever. Um, and I was I was like, "No, I don't really do any training." He's like, "For real?" I'm like, "You know what?" I'm like, "Honestly, if I really think about it, it's like, yeah, I can swim pretty good, and I've got a lot of practice over the years. Mm-hmm. But it's mental. Like, yeah. it's literally I get out there, and if like, unfortunately, where I live is like just raging current 90% of the time. Yes." And I see Balaram or I see anyone, whoever, down the beach, like, pulling in. I, like, yo, I go into, like, this crazy friggin', like, Wolverine mode. And I'm like, I need to be over there. And I just friggin' will kick until I drown, you know? And then, <laughs> luckily, I haven't drowned, drowned any, yet. So. Any close encounters? There's any close calls? There's been quite a few. <laughs> uh, in the book, there's a couple stories about, you know, about, yeah, some close calls. And, you know, Will Scooten is... Is definitely looking to kill me for sure. That's, I wrote a little bit about that in the book. The guys put me in more uncomfortable situations than anybody else ever. Um, so yeah, yeah. Let's 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 talk about something you mentioned, Matt. Is this really does capture an era, right? Like there is this is a. We were talking a little bit before. Like this will never be repeated. Uh-uh. This this time period that you cover, Mike will never ever happen and it's it's quite a unique period where surfing was kind of underground there was kind of a monolith in the sense of like you only had a handful of magazines and that was the only place you could see surf footage um you know uh new york like surfing wasn't looked upon with respect for the most part like we were banned a lot of the times from most of the beaches um you know we had to fight to get you know, just Lincoln Boulevard as a surf beach in Long Beach. So, I mean, it's, so I wanted to say, like, there's something, what is it about this time period, Matt, that you, for you? Well, I mean, none of us, none of, there were, there were no surf schools. Nobody taught any of us how to surf. Like, you just had to go out there and get yelled at enough until you learned what not to do, you know? (laughs) Like, um, it was a, it was a tight culture, you know? It was, it was, it was punk as shit. Like there wasn't. It was a. It was a raw time. It was a dangerous time, but it was. It was just all about freedom, you know. And there was not. Like I said earlier, there was nothing in it for anybody, you yeah. know. You know. With with the East Coast, there, bow is so rare. 
Like there's so many guys that that just there, there's there's not much in it for them. There, there, there's not spot. And I mean, it, but at the time there was this big illusion. The industry was booming. There was yeah. money going around, but it was like it ain't for you kind of thing. Yeah. Like a bunch of carrots dangled, and a lot of so a lot of right, yeah. right, and and but but this this particular thirty years, those those you know late nineties, early ten, I don't know, it was something. I think we were talking about it earlier. Something yeah. happened between, and I'm not saying this is bad. Yeah. Whatever's going on, but yeah, there just weren't all these opportunities. We really all had were kind of functioning in little mini vacuums. He didn't know how to you know get, couldn't get, disseminate information from the internet about water housings you know um surfboard technology wetsuit technology was all pretty rudimentary um we depended on magazines the occasional vhs dvd for inspiration um there weren't surf cams there was so so much that where you just really had to use your instincts and just kind of the culture was different like the worst thing you could be was a sellout yeah, or was totally. or was into yourself or glam. Yes. It was just not, it wasn't cool. Like, especially on the East Coast where it's like, hey, go move to freaking, you know, L.A. with that shit. You yeah. know, like, and, and, <laughs> totally. it, and I mean, Grom hazing. Ask Balaram about Grom hazing. That, that would never happen today, but it happened back then. And it was, there was purpose behind it, man. You know, I mean, it, uh, it was a real uh, kind of like, even the bigger surf companies, it was it was kind of like you did. If we all don't get greedy, there's gonna be plenty of this for us for a long time. Yeah, but we that, got greedy. We got greedy. The yeah. industry definitely got greedy. Yeah. So there was something that happened between when Andy Irons died and social media became the status quo, where surfers had to become a self-sustaining industry. They had to shoot their own photos, get their own video, be their own publicity guy. And I mean, can you imagine Andy on Instagram, yeah, dudes? The most frustrating <laughs> part was that it became so far from the surfing. Yeah. Uh, like uh, uh, on what you were doing on a surfboard. Right. You know, like it became what you were doing to supply this video on the internet that everyone's gonna watch for a second and never remember. Yeah. Griffin Colapinto, Seth Moniz, lip syncing and doing dances. Oh <laughs> man, those guys are killer, dude! And you know what? And and, and that's the, that's the, the old school version of that is yeah. so sick. Yeah. The skits, you know, like yeah. Tosh skits and like yes. all, that, all those. Uh, those were great. Those were great. Yeah. But it is funny, like how it does feel like there's a lot of you have to be about yourself now. You have to be promoting yourself. You don't, to, you to, don't have to a company it. behind it. I grew up it. in a time where it was like, even even when Instagram first started, I remember it. It was like if you posted a photo of yourself, you were like, wow, you have the biggest head ever. Totally. You know? <laughs> like, and now it's like it's all you do. It's like you, you have to. That's pretty much what Instagram is now. That's like one of the motivations for the book. So there's over uh, 200 guys in the book. Some of them small. I'm sorry. I wish yeah. it was longer. But um, but a lot of these guys never saw anything ever published. So yeah. I'm like, it was for me. It was like a perfect opportunity to like get some of my boys in a book and some friends and you know just and you we know, were yeah. Really so happy. so yeah. yeah. Tra really tried to mix it up a lot. So there's something um about that stoke of. Uh, spreading that stoke too. And I think we were talking about a little bit earlier, Matt, like about when you provide a photo of someone, like holy shit, like th that enthusiasm, that stoke, like can last for days. Oh, and, and especially for like if you're like an average surfer yeah. and you get a good shot of yourself, it 
it's 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 liberating because you're like now I don't ever have to get a new good surf shot. That's the only surf shot I'll ever need for the rest of my life. Now I can just <laughs> go have fun. Yeah, the get the wall hanger. Yeah, and then you don't have to go suck off the <laughs> photographer who's a dick, and you don't have to do all this. You don't. You know what I mean? You know, you know, like Absolutely. you ever go on a surf trip and then there's somebody shooting photos and you're yeah. let's just say you're at a point break or something, and they're like, hey, hey. I, I just got that that ride yours. You want to see the iPhone clip of that ride yeah. you just got? If you look at it, it's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. It's gonna suck, and then you're gonna change your line on the point. You know what I mean? Instead of like like a skateboarder <laughs> would just look <laughs> totally. at his line, and now I know what I got to do on that section. But if you look at the photo of yourself, you're like, you're all screwed up. You're yeah. like, oh, I got to go harder off the bottom, and you end up fogging <laughs> and like baby in the turn or something. So. But once you get that like one prize memento, you're like, oh. yeah, man, like now I can kind of like be free. I don't like because like because that is a big part of the culture now, man. You go on a surf trip and it's like everybody's just weird as shit. And they come in and then they just immediately go to the table and they just look at the clips <laughs> and the footage of themselves and then they're gone. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah, like we the, the photos were used to be like a, a, a fun byproduct. Yes. You know, of a great experience. You know what I mean? Not the point. How much, Not sicker, how much sicker is it that, that these photos have been on this guy's, in this guy's attic for however, however many it's years? It's crazy. And everything else just gets, like, so seen and forgotten so quickly, you know? Like, maybe maybe these photos haven't gotten seen for, like, two decades, they but... Skipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically they got skipped, but in the best way, because nobody actually saw them. But nowadays everyone's looking at them, and it's here and gone, and... Saturated, did you go into the act and, and look, help him look out and look at some of the stuff, or did you help him? I wish. Editing? I wish. No? <laughs> <laughs> I probably would, would have seen a lot more than I've, I've, I've been trying to see for the last well, do 15, you, 20 years. Like when you look, like when you look at this book and you see like the '90s stuff. What it, what, like '95 was a banner year, right? Like, yeah. and I don't know how old you were at that time, Bal. I was four. Four, you know, but like, do you look at those swells now and you're like, fuck, holy crap. Or do you hear stories about them and be like, oh, my God, that happened? Oh, like, it's like, oh, that's cool. It's chest high. Wow. Yeah. No, I feel like I feel like I've gotten to experience uh, a, like a couple of really good days in New York and they compare to those days in the past. So, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I definitely, uh, I mean, I, I got to a surface spot that's not there anymore that kind of shaped me yeah. and, and a lot of people in New York and how to surf, and that's long gone, you know, so that, I don't know, it's a uh, pretty, uh, I, I think I've seen, I don't know, I almost said the name of the spot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> biscuits. <laughs> biscuits. That. That uh, was that no, was the yeah, name. No, in it might come back one day. They might <laughs> dredge something in. And yeah, you know. The setup's still there, but uh, but uh, no, I don't know. I, I saw as, at least I saw at least how good New York can be, you know. And, yeah. And the spots they're talking about are gone already, so I'm kind of looking for the next one, I think. Yeah, he's he, he's still at a point where he's dreaming forward. Like all yeah. his dreams go backwards. Yeah, I know, right? For <laughs> us, it's <laughs> like I'm looking back. I'm in the rearview mirror a lot of times yeah. these days. <laughs> But but that but that's great, man. You know that that that's, you know that that's killer. That there's like this pendulum, right? Yeah. And Balaram can have some, you know, guy come down and be a yo, Bal. Yeah. The, the 
back in 87, freaking, you don't even know, you know? And then... The boardwalk talk is better than anything, Oh, the boardwalk talk. Yeah, boardwalk talk is... I thought I knew shit until I started talking to the guys from the 70s, and they're like, oh, my God, there was freaking free love, no STDs, (laughs) freaking... Like, all board design was changing, like, freaking by the week, just drop a bunch of ass. Cocaine was everywhere. Yeah, (laughs) man, nobody, nobody had a problem with anybody, and... Everywhere, yeah, everywhere was <laughs> uncrowded, and and um, but that that's kind of like how we feel now, you know. We're like, oh, you guys don't even know. We yeah. used to just rage so hard all around the world, and we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have ATM cards. <laughs> we're just like, yeah, here's a sell the surfboard on the road and figure it out. Crumb a bunch of people, you know, you know, and and that's what I think that we are trying to kind of show a little bit with this with with this, this era because it did yeah. be grow and to be something beautiful. Photography got really really good and really really easy but the easier something becomes the easier it is for a culture to get over it yeah bored with it you know like once you don't have to swim or you know when you have like like what if they're what if they built in 10 years they have a wave pool right down the street that breaks just like Lido, and it's warm and it's got the watercolor of tahiti are people still going to do this shit? Maybe, maybe not. But for at least 30 years, this is what happened. And with the rich history that New York has in the broader spectrum of surf culture, mm. you know, there was a lot of people tend to think of, of, of certain momentous figures and events like, um, all right, there's Bruce Faluzzi. Yes. And today we're at Pilgrim Surf in yeah. Brooklyn. And tomorrow, who knows what Ballaram's going to be doing. Yeah. But in between all that, some shit went down, and it was pretty fucking beautiful. And we will be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, back to our show. So let's talk about a couple of the, the highlight points in the book. You, you talk about you, you structured it, Matt, uh, in the sense like you're like, got to have 9-11 in there. Got to have Hurricane Sandy and Ryan Carlson. I want to touch on Ryan Carlson here for a moment. Um, we we talked a little bit about it in a couple episodes ago, Mike. But how how influential do you think? Like, I'm actually I'm kind of curious, actually, from not from your perspective, Mike, because we've kind of talked about. It, but Ball and Matt, your perspective on Ryan Carlson on New York surfing and East Coast surfing, actually, to me, like. I feel like he did something, like, 
totally different. Like you said, Martin Potter coming. Make a career. That's the first. Yeah, let's let's. I'll get my two quick cents about it because we did talk about it a few weeks ago. But for me personally, the book wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Carlson, number one, and his influence. Number two, just me being incredibly lucky about having just like this endless train of unbelievable surfers. Yeah. Meaning I was lucky to hook up and be very good friends with Chris Harmon. Then right into Ryan Carlson. And then Ryan Carlson really sculpting, in my eyes, all of the kid, the good kids today, Balaram, TJ, Will, and yeah. everybody. So I've been blessed to have like this just like it's incredible. unbelievable, yeah, you know. And then you know, serving is till Carlson. Right. So I, I'll segue you, into you. Otherwise, would be surfing like Albert Prisco and Larry Herrick, maybe. Which we're good, <laughs> but, <laughs> but not not the same level. No, it, it was crazy. I mean, I remember seeing. My brother hung out with Ali Favada a lot, and oh, him, it was like him, the and then to, uh, Chris Tomlin came through and started doing some airs, and those are the first two guys I really saw do airs, and then Carlson came through and, and kind of took it to another level and basically showed us what was possible on the waves that we were surfing every day of our lives, and we had no idea until this guy went and did it, you know, like, and no idea, really. And then all of a sudden, Carlson was like, made it seem really attainable. He made it seem like like every wave was attainable and then everything he was doing was attainable because it was just like six giant six five dude yeah. on a waist eye wave doing a three foot air. Yeah. In like, winter. Maybe he can do it. Maybe like, I can do it. Double jointed knees. Yeah. Yeah. Knock knees well, can be looks uh, so sick. But, but not only that, he showed that you could actually be a professional surfer in New York too. I think the only other pr- real professional surfer would be maybe Tom McGinnis before. You know, that, you know, he was like ASP's tour and stuff. Like, he's probably like one of the only people I knew that was quote unquote professional, you know, but he was for our era. For yeah. our era. Har- Harmon, a little close, bit. Yeah, know? Harmon would be yeah, close. He had a very short window of success and then got, you know, whatever happened, happened. But yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it was definitely Carlson came over here. From basically from to Coast. make a name for himself, yeah, you know, and I was fortunate to. It's like a brother to me, and we we worked together, and really, you know, it, yeah, it, he. I was extremely lucky to have him as my number one guy for a long time. If you yeah. want to say that, but I think the same token, he was stoked because I was like ready, willing, and able to shoot every day, no matter what, and let's go. Yeah, the, the first, I mean, the first, like, winter swells I can remember skipping school for were with yes. Nelly and Carlson wow. and in the Lido parking lot. And, like, the fact that I could skip school was insane <laughs> to begin with. I was Did your mom amped. know at the time? Uh, or? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. She I don't was know. I don't know if it, you were, honestly. like, sneaking out and wagging, like, you know? <laughs> I remember the, I'm, I, I, yo, I remember, I remember... <laughs> I remember a big day where I kind of like, not that we had to convince him to go out, but I definitely saw he was a little, it was the only time in my life i ever seen this kid scared and waved. And I could definitely tell he was a little scared. It was like pretty big. It wasn't like, you know, crazy. Yeah. It was like big for him because he was definitely really small. I remember, I, I remember when I was like, I think I had to be like 12 or 13 or something. And it was to this day, one of the, like the longest hold downs in my, <laughs> my whole life. And it was in the winter with my like detachable hood, you know, like. Four three with like yes. I don't know whatever gloves and boots I had, but I remember getting held down for two waves and being like, previously to this happening, I'm like people don't 
live through two wave hold downs, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, I don't think that's even possible, but our short period waves over allows here allows that a little, little bit. <laughs> gave me a little opportunity for it, I think. But uh, I remember it was middle of winter, though, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not coming up, you know? <laughs> like, I, yeah. I was down for a while, and then uh. another whitewater came over me, and I was like, I'm done, you know. Like to this day, it was probably like the most like sure thing that I was like, oh, I'm not. Coming You're like, up, I should have you know? went to math class. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and picture him getting out of the water, but like, you know, saying that, and then Carl's like, what are you, what are you talking about? They're freaking getting beaten, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't say that to him. Me to even like bring that up to Carlson was probably hard, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I I don't know. I don't think I even brought that up till way later, honestly. Uh, you would have got twisted up like a pretzel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's one from from the spot back in the day, uh, a good memory from Carlson, where him and Timmy Turner were there. Wow. And shooting a a video for Timmy's movie, and it was just the three of us. Timmy was shooting video, Carlson was in the water with me, and there's like two feet of snow on the ground, and it's pretty good. And I wish I remembered the conversation more, because something I said set Carlson off to the point of ripping my hood open and no. dousing me and dunking me <laughs> to the till I was like shivering and I'm like yeah the grom abuse I, I, get a, I don't even get a, I think I rode away with my stomach in even and <laughs> I, go, I go to Timmy Turner I'm like yo can I use my can I use your phone I'm gonna call my mom to get a, a ride you know like I live like around the block basically yeah but it's far enough to where you're freezing and you, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to walk and uh he's like Nah, sorry, I don't got a phone. And I'm like, really? Like, I'm pretty sure I just saw you using a fucking phone, you know? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And he, like, looks at me again, and he's like, what do you need it for? And I'm like, I'm just going to try and go home, you know? Like, we just need a ride. And then, he, like, he's all hesitant. And, like, I guess later on, Carlson was like, oh, he thought he was gonna, you were going to call the cops or something, you know? Like, <laughs> you didn't know, because I didn't know Timmy at the time either, you know? Like, it was just a random grom walking up to the beach. But, Too uh, gnarly. It was funny, though. God, like, but then eventually he did give me the phone, and I, and I got to go to the hot shower. <laughs> it was all good. Matt, like, what, what about you? You were editing Eastern Surf, and you were seeing this stuff come out, you know. Yeah, Carlson, Carlson we adopted him real quick. You know, he was the first <laughs> California. He's East Coast. Right, well. <laughs> I think you should talk about this, but think about, so, think about how hardcore Eastern Surf was as far as. Yeah. All, it's all East Coast. All, all East time. Coast all the time. The only Californian ever to be on the cover of Eastern yeah, Surf. Yeah, yeah. Wow. At That's the t- You know, it, well, it, was, it was like. Yeah, a big part of what we did was, you know, we were a, a free newsprint, black and white publication. And, you know, we were all about, like, kind of had to, like, you know, wave a little arrogance in the face of the West Coast industry. It was just, this is what freaking Joe Pesci does, you know? Yeah. Don't piss me off, you know? Like, <laughs> we don't care, you know? So, hey, you. But when a, you got a guy like Carlson, and, and, and anybody who's hung out with a guy, like, he is so East Coast style. I mean, yeah. he is a gritty dirty keep it real kind of guy you know he's not a name dropper he's just not he's not somebody you would expect that would you know with that talent coming from a high performance epicenter like huntington beach to like live in new york and um but you know once you hang out with him and you start taking road trips with him it's like all of us we felt like we'd known that guy like forever you know i mean god you know and 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 
another thing is is like you know i think i was our first east coast winter surf issue that we decided to go in that direction we put carlson on the cover and we did we got some shit over like we guys are just putting california guys (laughs) on the cover now (laughs) and you know because like you know and like the words of uh tom dugan once said hey we could do whatever we want yeah we just kind of told everybody we could do whatever and luckily he ended up staying a couple years and kind of solidifying East his, Coast uh, is the state of mind. His man. thing, but man, honestly, <laughs> like, and, he, and he's gone on record in interviews with me that he didn't have a surfing career in the West Coast. Like no. he couldn't get pro there. He had to come here, and of course, when I say pro surfer, it means you're able to pay your bills. Yeah, with of course surfing. Why? Um, why was that? Why do you think that was? Because he was a freaking a phenomenal talent, even on West Coast by West Coast. Probably standards. because he is a real dude and. Not somebody who's just gonna play the game, you know. Right. I mean, he, he, he probably. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, I actually don't. I, I do. I think that's that's different though, man. Because he probably helped with your lost accounts and everything like that, and he helped you make a movie, and it was all kind of. He's was almost like an agreement. Like we're gonna send Carlson out here. I mean, you, you know, you'd want to talk to to Mike Riola yeah. about that, but Riola, you know, he always had, you know, two zones in particular on the east coast that he just showed a lot of love to and long beach was one of them and new smyrna beach in florida was the other and uh you know that's another guy that kept it real so how i I just i just think carlson you know he wasn't uh whatever image people were trying to make of surfing he basically was like either lost or nothing you know and this is the kind of place that embraces people like that you know that doesn't have a a lot you know and that's where we got the, the couch tour you know yeah how many lost surfboards? I mean, do you he think won. He, sold because he came of him? down to the King of the Peak, and he won one skin. Yeah. At the King of the Peak, and he stayed with us in Florida, me and Jason Reagan and my buddy Ben Pratt, when I was down there. And then he like, yeah, he instantly took every bit of. He didn't have any money, but he took every bit of money and got enough beer and weed for the house, and that was it. <laughs> Blew his check. He's like, I don't have any money again, you know. And <laughs> he did the same kind of thing up in Nova Scotia. If he won any prize money, it was going to the boys like immediately, and. That's just, you know. The Red Bull Ice Break Contest, I, I think. I freaking just love Carlson. Straight up. Yeah. 25 years of doing this shit. He's one of my favorite characters. Like, maybe 10 people I like as much as I like Carlson. You, there's, like, Seabass. There's Carlson. There's Val. I don't know. Do you, do you think Carlson should should be nominated for an East Coast uh, Surfing Hall of Fame one day? That'd be interesting. I, I, you know, I do. I don't think it would ever happen just because it's that whole process is weird, but um, I, you know, whatever. Let's talk about the but, 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 yeah, <laughs> serious. I don't know about that. But, uh, but in reality, like, if you really think about it, like, modern, yeah, New York had like a, just a little golden era back in the day, Rasmussen and all, you know, Gilgo guys, the Bungers. Yeah. Like, you know, hail to them. They like really did it back in the day. Um, but modern New York surfing. Like is pretty nuts. Like yeah. freaking, like what Bal and Will are doing is it, crazy, and it and draws lineage. I right really there. truly feel, and and I I'm, I'm basically a fly on the wall with the camera. That's it. I pretty much watched this all go down, front row seat, and I definitely truly believe Carlson was one of the main impetuses to like making them who they are today. Like obviously the talent's freakish on yeah. this guy and and, and Will, but. Um, Sometimes yeah, you it definitely someone, helped. It helped. Him. You need someone to show you what's possible. Like, he he was he, able to he show. Had no idea, you know. Like yeah. we, we literally had no idea that you could do 
airs and five turns and you know like all this shit yeah. on these waves that he does so easily and and i think that's why it was so easy to uh, absorb is because uh he he did it so easily you know like yeah. he made it so normal you know like whether it be a late drop on a barrel or like a fucking air on a like a big air on a waist high wave like it was everything was normal to him because and it just and no claim easily. either What's that? I don't think I've ever seen him claim once. And you could see the influence. I mean, all these guys yeah. immediately started surfing like Carlson. Yeah. Surfs like Carlson. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And yeah. of course, Thor told me the other night, he's like, no, Carlson got that turn from Richie Bogart. What? <laughs> yeah, but I was like, there was something about that. younger than both of them. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No idea. yeah, but they all like that, that, that influence, particularly TJ, man. Yeah. There's just something about the, he wanted the hair, straight down to the hairstyle. Absolutely. But, um, you know, in, in Balram with the variation of grabs and stuff, like, that was something like, like Bal, we always looked at, like, he's totally well rounded. So yeah. Sue Bowl, he's got a great backhand. But he's an air guy and a barrel guy. And that was his, like, you know, the things that, that thing. when you got a break that's primarily lefts, that's got a kind of that section that yeah. bends out the C and all that. And the guys that can surf like that and do those pocket turns, which, it's hard, man. It's a hard turn to do. It was, it was cool growing up, though, with it because me and TJ had a pretty sick, like, whatever battle, like, in rivalry. Who's getting better, you know? Yeah. Like, and he would always take me out in all the SAs and SSAs even. Really? Yeah, he smoked me for for a long time. And uh, But it was sick because Carlson showed us what was up, and then me and TJ could battle each other for who could be like we'll Carlson. push each you know, other. Like, and that was huge, huge in, in, in whatever, trying to learn new shit and trying to grow, I guess. Well, the way you get better is by having someone push you. You know, and having that that friendly rivalry, that competitiveness, that oh, he just busted a three six year. I need to bust a three six year. That's the only way you get better. And having a crew of people that you surf with doing that. It's an easy way to find motivation. That's absolutely, for sure. you know, absolutely. That's for real. You know, and I think like with Carlson, like he's also showing you you could be a professional surfer here. Not only that, he's showing the companies you could be a Yo, professional exactly, surfer here. Exactly. Like, that was not seen before. And yeah. it's like, oh, all of a sudden, Quicksilver had to have, like, a, a, a New York pro surfer. Some of these other companies had to have, like, an East, a Northeast pro surfer. You know, I think that even helped with Sam Hammer in some ways and, and, and Gleason and the Jersey guys, too. Yeah. It really made the West Coast take notice and understand that there's value in having someone representing in this area. I think um, we have, obviously, we have fewer guys that make it. We yeah. just do, for whatever reasons. Um, not, We're not this, closer this, to the this, source. This, this, this sport yeah. cannibalizes itself, man, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it devours its young, you know, and there's, let's, let's face it, you know, you're not, not a lot of people make it, you yeah. know, it's, especially being from here. But the, but the, 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 the competitive zones you know the uh the sebastian inlets yeah uh the new smyrna beaches you know the, the, those virginia beach the, yeah these, these hot beds of talent it's it's because they're all they only have one break in town and they're right all together that's why so few pro servers come out of the outer banks because they're like well, why Spread bother out yeah. go over the bridge you know yeah, totally um but when you have that generation like you know with with these kids and and having that kind of larger than life high performance surfer you know 
you don't have time to be like it sucks out there because you see this guy doing lean grab full rotation one three totally. there's potential and he's two feet you know six it, feet tall or it always something. felt like the guys on the west coast had so much more opportunity in the ocean you know like yeah. they had waves every, every fucking day, day. yeah and we were less like wow the dream is to have waves every day yeah. before we knew <laughs> yeah. what a good really good wave was yeah it was like the dream is to have a good wa- or a, a wave every yeah. day yeah. you know and, and the thing is is like yeah there's more out there but 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 east coast the guys that do make it they last longer yeah that's why pete mendia is still cashing checks yeah that's why Sam Hammer's still a pro surfer. And that's why Ballaram is going to be around for a long time. It's true. It, well, so it's there's, there's fewer, but the ones that do it, they started out with the right reasons because they were, there was never any surf industry impetus put in their face. It was like, and, and Carlson was cool like that because he kind of made it clear to them. The young kids is like, this is all there is, Grom, you know? Yeah. This is as good as it gets. (laughs) You know, he grew up in Huntington Beach. He knows what's up. He's seen it. He's seen it. It's still pretty good. That's all it is, but it's still pretty good surfing every day. I I always liken, you know, West Coast is agricultural. East Coast is hunter-gatherer. You know, like, they can farm their waves. They can plan their schedules around it. They have it all there. Analogy, Tyler. Shit. we, We are like, we have to hunt. We have to look. We're... Like, Paul, I and Mike, I can't imagine how good you guys are on Surfline. And, you know, like, Paul, you, you came this winter with Ashton from Stab. And, you, and I said to Ashton even, I was like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be any good. I'm, I'm like, maybe Jersey, maybe Southern Jersey might be good. And you knew where to go. You knew at the timing and everything. And you guys scored. You scored really good waves, whereas here in New York, it was kind of crap, and certain parts of New Jersey was kind of crap, but you knew exactly where to go, and, and I think like that type of motivation, that type of you know, gumption is really uh, what, what helps with that longevity. It helps you milk uh, the opportunities, he, too. He can talk about that trip, but I can just tell you, like me personally with this guy, yeah. uh, meaning Balaram, is like there'll be times in the middle of winter I know exactly where he is. He's at the Volcom House. So picture, yeah. picture everybody out here in Radioland. Picture yourself in this situation. You're in the Volcom House, the friggin' most prestigious serving house on the planet, staring at perfect pipeline. Yeah. Top, you're on the top floor. Like, that means you're the guy. Like, you're on the guy, top balcony, staring at perfect pipe all day long. You can go surf, eat, sleep. Just, you're just chilling. And then you have this friggin' idiot from New York calls you up. Yo, there's going to be six inches of snow, and it's going to be head high. <laughs> And then the guy's like, "All right, I'm booking. I'm booking my ticket tonight. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow." Like, who does that? Who would do that? I wouldn't do that. This guy does it. He does it every time. And then after that swell, he went to the Caribbean somewhere, yeah. and then I think of the Bahamas or somewhere with Corey and Crane or no, you went. He went to the other that place we don't talk about the yeah. other island. But he then he went to the Caribbean, and then he came back, and then he went back freaking out west. We called that the Ballaram swell. Yeah. So that's that's yeah, yeah. like once that's I, crazy. Once I could figure out that that could even work, I was like, uh, "Wow, okay, I can spend all my winters in Hawaii now that I know wow. I can make it back for a swell." Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your miles must be great. Who do you fly with? Who do you fly with? Uh, is there is there a particular airline that you? I got I got miles with American, but they're pretty shit, honestly. <laughs> Delta Sky Lounge is pretty nice. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so easy, JFK, American, yeah. anywhere. But, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm gonna have to make the switch here. You're gonna have to make. I've, I'm just like I can't imagine the amount of miles you rack up, and like you, you must be able to get like some nice business class perks at certain uh, points. That's like a twice a year ordeal right there. Even still, Damn. that's maybe that's my problem though. American Airlines <laughs> doesn't oh, seem to have shit. too many upgrade opportunities. Well, if we're looking for an airline sponsor and they're listening, this is a great opportunity here. <laughs> they were smart. <laughs> Um, That's where I, yeah. I got to ask, Mike, then, how gratifying is it putting this out book, finally to have it out? And, and to, you know, you've had now the, the opening and also the Unsound Art Show in the last two days and being here at Pilgrim, like, uh, how's the response been? And, and, and how are you feeling about it right now? Um, I'm pretty stoked. I mean, honestly, for me personally, looking at... 99% of my photos is hard, meaning like I think they all suck. <laughs> and I think that you it's know, a mark maybe of a good artist. Can, I guess, you know, like there's a few of them that I'm like, I could say I'm proud of, but to me personally, I feel like, you know, I, I didn't even scratch the surface as far as what I want to shoot or the shots that I want to get. Um, that said, I am like, I think Matt did an absolutely incredible job in writing this and mm -hmm. making it way smarter than I could have ever done. So I am pretty proud of the product that's out there and hopefully everybody likes it. And if you don't, just lie to me, please. Otherwise, <laughs> 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 I'm going to get all weird and depressed but, uh, or just don't say anything. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty good story. It's a, it's a great story. Matt is like, he's a freaking, freaking genius and um, kind of making it interesting in my boring ass existence. But, uh, and then the photos, you know, I'm just stoked. I'm stoked that I was able to publish a book with photos of guys that never really had anything published and then some of the ones at ball that even people have seen here and there they never made it to ink so they were just out there in you know cyberspace on a little tiny instagram yeah. shot or something like that so um now people can see it in full living color so I'm stoked on it so. it's the famous my ms shot in there it is oh yeah, yeah the mike yeah. salerno shot yep. Well, no, oh no, the oh, one, the, no. the one that I had my yeah. first ever published. Yeah. No, I couldn't actually find it. I no. searched for days, literally days, for that one photo. Wow. Could not find it. Wow. And then talking to Salerno, like a he couple has times, it he has a, a printed copy of it, but he said it was all faded. So I was gonna take a picture of it and then put it in, but I was like, you know what? Forget it. Like it's just, <laughs> it's been so much. <laughs> it was a lot of effort to call through those photos. So. And um, so that one's not in it. The, the first photo. I do still have the check, though, which I mentioned in the book. Yes. So I got paid 10 bucks for that shot, and I still have the and check. And never cashed it. <laughs> never cashed it. Never cashed it. Wallpaper. <laughs> I wonder if I cash it now. Easton Sturf Bank still got some money in the bank account? I could use 10 bucks right now. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's like I'll that Seinfeld episode. I've ever immediately. So. <laughs> um, and Matt, like, for you working on this book, like, one thing I, I want to find out, like, how did you approach each of these events then? Like you had, you talk about Mike having to write all this. Like what were, what was, what was the one chapter, written chapter in this that really stands out for you? That that means a lot or has like <laughs> my uh, my forward man. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> the only time I could write in my own voice, <laughs> I had to be Mike for the rest of the book. Um. No, honestly, um, probably the testimonials. Yeah. Um. I really needed some star power. You know, I needed Ballaram. I needed Will Scooten. I needed Hammer. I needed Mez. I uh, probably would have gone bigger with it, but then it would have started to read kind of like its own thing. But, yeah. but I needed that thing right off the bat to 
So the people picking this up were going to go, why am I reading this? Who is this guy? And they yeah. know immediately. Um, you know, I, I you, you got to have that celebrity branding, you know. So the, and, and, and the fact that those guys were just couldn't wait yeah. immediately. Like, how much you want to hear? I think Scootin is, I caught him at like a, you know, a bad time or whatever. And he was just kind of like called me and then he called me back. was like, yo, wait, wait, I want to I want to add something. And I call <laughs> back. You know what else I didn't mention, Matt? You know, so. Uh, just the, the the willingness and excitement because me and Nelly really wanted to keep this under wraps. We didn't want to hype it up a lot. Yeah. We don't want you know. We wanted to just kind of like one day it's out there, you know. Why didn't you go on a surf trip this year, Peru? Because I did this instead. You yeah. know, like I wanted just a big excuse. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, um, and so probably probably yeah, probably the testimonials because those guys immediately were like they're all just geez yeah. in their own right, and they were you know excited to support it and. You know, the, and, and then the other the other night, the the, the, the premiere was rad, man. Like tell the me book about release it. party. Of tell me about season. that. Just everybody made it, man. Scootin was there with Gino's waiting for us before anybody. Yes. Uh, Ballaram had flown in, and of course we're telling everybody, yeah, he came home just for his so, uh, <laughs> book release story. Like, yeah, I also took a sizable chunk out of my ankle, you know, from <laughs> Chopu. But yeah, sure, whatever you want to tell sure. yourself. You know, Gleason. Um, yeah, Gleason was there. All the New York Undergrounders. Pete Sal- uh, Salerno, the first. Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, Mike Salerno, the pig dog, pig dog Mike. Pig but, dog uh, Mike. He he. You know, the first shot he ever he ever had published. I think Ryan Ryan Carlson was the only guy that was missing, man. You know. Um, so I, I'd like to dedicate the podcast to him. Am I allowed to dedicate somebody yeah, else's podcast? Absolutely. To, to Ryan absolutely. Carlson, if you're out there, please come back east. Hang out with us. I was bringing it. I was telling Thor and everybody that fucking when we were there, I was like, "Damn, we we're missing the one piece right yeah. here." I wish Carlson was here. But. Yeah. And you know, and it's just uh, this is a very special zone, and this is a very uh, special group of guys. You know, group of guys, 100, 200, you know, however many there are in there. Um, and I was, it's one of the proudest literary achievements of my life to be able to do this with Nelly you know the fact that he trusted me with this story and um wanted to partner with something that is a lot like ESM it does have a very DIY punk rock appeal about it and that's that stuff's all me so to uh to be trusted with that and I and I think we pulled it off man I think it's sick absolutely absolutely and uh thanks for having us here Tyler man uh bringing me to the greatest city in the world and um having all the the Dude, crew here and this is shit, an honor. man. This I'm is psyched. an honor just to have you guys. I mean, I'm in the presence of greatness here. Um, super psyched on this book. Where can our listeners find it? Uh, there's a website. Uh, what else? You know, uh, uh, you know, and how much does the book cost? And you know, just uh, let's give it a nice little plug here because listeners, you should all, if you surf New York, you should own this book. That's my opinion. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so the book's $69.95. Um, we tried to keep it reasonable. It's very reasonable. It's a very thick and heavy book. Yeah. As I learned when I was shipping a few of them, yeah. it would cost a lot. It's like crazy. <laughs> short, short story, Matt asked got me. weed on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yes. It's great for rolling weed on it. Yeah, exactly. You could break up the little bits and then roll. Very, it's very perfect. Organic. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, quick little story. So just to give, just to give you people out there like an idea of like how heavy this it brick is. is, 
Matt asked me to overnight him one. Oh, I got him last week, last, uh, Saturday, a few days ago. Uh, Matt asked me to overnight him one. I went to the post office, tried to overnight him. They said $60 to overnight. It's Cost in North Carolina. <laughs> I'm like, uh, nah. I'm hey. like, I, I think I'll do the priority for 17 yeah. So priority mail seventeen. Like, so yeah, he got it though. But um, but yeah, so sixty nine ninety five. It's available. We have a website set up for it: www.northofnowherebook.com. Um, it's on there. Um, it's available on Sound. There will be some here at Pilgrim because I'm going to leave them here. Yeah. Um, because they're too heavy to carry back. They're too heavy to carry back. <laughs> I ain't humping them back. And then uh, yeah, and then eventually over the uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some available in shops between North Carolina and New York. So. Um, one other thing we should also mention is you both also worked on a film called North of Nowhere with Brian Walsh. And I just think... Yeah, that, that was a no-brainer for the title. Yeah. I mean, when we, when we were... when we were, There was two, two things when figuring out the title, I'm like, this is your title. He, he kind of, you know, basically, for the most part, Nelly did everything I suggested. Yeah. You know, there was zero friction on any kind so of part like of this process book, blame it on it. yeah if you don't like the book you didn't make the cut straight up i'm the hatchet man like <laughs> come on i'll tell you right to your face your photos sucked well no problem but north of nowhere was None such a great title of that dvd that <laughs> he cut me out <laughs> that dvd that um that that he, he produced um north of nowhere it just it summed up everything and when talking about the cover shot i told nelly okay look it should be the best surf photo you've ever taken, yeah. straight up. It should be something that you should be personally proud of, that you can look at from a distance and be like, that was the one. And um, I ran it by my girlfriend, Lauren. I ran it by uh, Mez, not Mez, uh, excuse, somebody else that doesn't surf. I'm like, what do you think of this photo? And uh, and they're like, that is so sick. That's so that's I told him, I'm like, one. Nelly, this is the one. This is the one. The whole thing is barrel shots, but this is the shot. And he's... He's like, yeah, I'm so glad you said that. It took me two years to get that shot with the <laughs> sun lining up and everything. So, um, yeah, man, it was it was 100% on the same page. And and I also made sure everybody understood that this is Mike Nelson's book. Yeah. Like, nothing's going in here that you don't want, you know. Um, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was it was telepathic, you know. Love it. Well, guys, um, thank you all for being here and doing this live show at pilgrim which is pretty cool I don't really normally do a live show so this was awesome to get to do and it's a it's an absolute honor like to have all three of you here at discussing this book and to have a copy for myself too i'm like i'm super stoked i still got to get you to sign it and um yeah listeners get yourself a copy it's really worthwhile having if you surf here in new york like holy crap like and you want to know about surf history and everything it's all in there and it's important it's got it all it's it's beautiful (laughs) you might be in it you might be in it (laughs) well thank you guys so much paul matt mike super stoked to have you guys and uh Listeners, go check it out, and we'll all catch you on down the line soon. Cheers.